Oh shit, what's going on you bad motherfuckers? I'm coming at you with episode 5. Hope you enjoy it. Let's get into this. So uh, today I'm actually going to copy a very interesting topic. Uh, it's quite controversial depending uh, how you look at it. Some people loved him. Some people hated him. Depending on what area of Philly you grew up and what ethnic background you are, um, your opinion may vary. And with that being said, I'm going to get straight into it. Uh, I'll be covering the one and only Francis Lorazzo Rizzle. Short Frank Rizzo. Um, he was a native of Philadelphia, Italian born. He was the oldest of four children. He was actually uh, born in October 23rd, 1920. So this guy goes way back, almost 100 years ago. Um, he was a tough kid from what I read and uh, looked up. He was one of those old school, big, uh, big brolic motherfuckers that go around getting into fights, but had a good heart. He didn't do any harm to anybody. Um, he just enjoyed getting in the fights, basically going around hunting bullies and beating bullies up in the neighborhood. He continued to have that mindset and that um, and that willpower all the way up until high school. Uh, he did not graduate, which is fascinating because for someone who accomplished so much, which I'll cover later on down the road, he was a high school dropout. He only made it, I believe, into his junior year or so, something like that, and he dropped out of high school, um, which shows how different times were back then where a high school diploma wasn't that important, uh, at least in my opinion. That's how I read it. I came across it. He didn't just become a bum. He actually looked into becoming, like, making something of himself, becoming someone. So when he dropped out of high school, that was in the year 1938. So he didn't stay out of um, doing nothing for long. Uh, shortly after he enlisted and enrolled in the Navy, he uh, did his service. He, la- he lasted, I want to say lasted because uh, what I read was he lasted one year. He was discharged due to uh, diabetes. So if it wasn't for um, being diagnosed with that, he probably would have stayed longer and did, did whatever um, he was obliged to do. But he was di- uh, discharged after one year. He came home. Um, he he lived, I believe, uh, still at home with, with his family, I think. Um, and then he went to uh, the work life, the regular work life uh, uh, at that time. So he went to a steel, either a steel factory or some type of factory. He worked there. So his typical life was basically normal, uh, like everyone else's, really family based. Uh, really down with the morals, stuck to it, old school type cat, um, stay close knit with the neighborhood, real community guy. Uh, after his mother's passing, he, uh, sought out someone who resembled and kind of, uh, reflected his mother's behavior with the home, the homebody stuff and, uh, the cooking and all that. He, he loved all that. So he wanted to keep that around. So he got married, had two kids with the lady, um, Shortly after, uh, he saw interest in his father's profession, which 
uh, coincidentally, he had an interest in law enforcement also. So his father was actually a, a police officer in the Philadelphia. And this is where it all started, where the story begins. So Frank got a job as a patrolman in the police uh, in the police department where his father worked. Now, I don't know how that worked back then. Uh, I searched and there was no police academy back then. Basically, you just went in, filled out an application. You did some training here and there. And you were a cop. Um, basically it. And then I think he basically got him because his father got him the job. Um, not too much was said on that. Uh, I didn't find, come across anything that detailed how he got in. Just know he got the job because he had an interest in what his father did. His, co his father was a cop. Um, if you read between the lines or you make assumptions or you just basically see it, it's like 1940 something. His dad's a cop. He's a son, needs a better paying job because he has the kids. Dad brings him in for a better job, union pay and all that stuff. Um, wait, hold on. I don't know if the police uh, districts in Philadelphia were a union yet, but that that's for another topic, another story. But here we go. The story of Frank Rizzo starts in the 1940s. He uh, wasted no time. He built up a reputation quick as a cop. So he was a he was a hard knocking, head cracking type of dude. He um, was a here's the thing here. Here's where it starts the controversy. Um, he was a good guy at heart. But he was very brutish, like physical, like he wasted no time getting into fights. So during his patrols, he walked around and, and, and busted a lot of illegal activities, gambling, prostitution, pimping, uh, lottery numbers, all types of things. Um, but he was assigned to the black community, the black district, as so they put it in, um, when I looked it up. So he was going to the West Philly area. Uh, for those of you who don't know about Philadelphia, Philadelphia um, at the time, and kind of still is now, but at the time was uh, segregated, or should I say uh, divided into different groups. South Philly was the uh, the Italians. Uh, West Philly was, at one time, it was the Germans and the, um, and, not, and uh, other whites. But slowly, the African-American community, the blacks, basically, they came in, took over West Philadelphia. And West Philadelphia was known as the Black District. Um, North Philadelphia was Irish, German, a little bit of Hispanic at the time, not too much, and um, not too much uh, uh, black either. Northeast was Russian, Polish, and so on. Um, but primarily, he was assigned to West Philly, which was the black community. And he went in there, and he played no games. He he went hard. He fucked them up, the bit, the, the, to put it, uh, finally he he fucked up that community uh single-handedly by himself he would go in there fuck up all their rackets he would get into fights with them he would go in there and literally beat the shit out of anybody he arrested he played no games if you resisted that was an ass whooping you questioned him that was an ass whooping anything you defied him ass whooping he was known for taking guys with him down there and just to get in the fights just to beat up on black people um, so they say, but at the same time, he did stop a lot of crime. So that's where the controversy lays, uh, the, where was Risso, uh, a racist or was he just a, a super cop that took his job way too damn fucking serious. Um, as the years went on, he kept, he kept laying into the community. He was cleaning up the streets, but, uh, the black community built a hatred for him. He earned a couple nicknames like the general, 
uh, the Cisco kid, uh, because he had, uh, I believe he had two, two pistols uh, with the handles made out of pearl, something like that. And he, t he, like, he was an animal. He fucked up uh, the streets basically for almost 25 years. He was out there beating shit up and doing policing. But the biggest criticization uh, towards him was he was only doing it in the, back, the black communities and he was not policing or causing havoc in the white communities. So the blacks hated him. The whites loved him. So that's where it goes 50-50, depending on where who you are, what you are, and where you lived. You had a different opinion because he would come down and, and raid. He would come down and with, with squads and raid houses, raid clubs, nightclubs, everything, clean you out, shut you down, and that's it. He was also known for taunting like criminals and shit. He would, uh, he would send out like messages. Anybody who challenged him would talk shit about him. He would tell him he would get on the news, put in the newspaper, get on the micro and say, he would tell him, you give us the location. I'll bring a bunch of young cops and we could meet in the street and we'll see who we'll see what happens. He did not give a fuck. He was all about it. And he kept that mentality and that aggression up for years from the forties throughout to the fifties. Um, during that, period he also uh climbed the ladder of uh positions he was promoted to a um i believe a sergeant he took the test and was promoted sergeant in 1951 he did a year as a sergeant and then he was made captain of his unit and shit really got crazy once he got uh, a higher position because he was able to do more um there was one incident in 1960 or in the early 60s to where he got a group of fucking cops armed with shotguns and they raided a uh a non-violent uh school associate something activist group that was uh talking shit about him going against him calling him out for his bullshit uh for his raids he had those fucking shotgun cops ready raided their fucking building and they cleared it out whooped some ass did all crazy shit and the next fucking day he came out in the press and said that they found dynamite uh, in their in their possession and that they were terrorists and so on uh, the spokesperson for that um, that activist group came out and said that it was planted by Rizzo uh, so that was a controversy right there um, and Rizzo was known at the time to, to conduct a lot of crazy raids like once a week twice a week non-stop if you talk shit about him if you defied him if you were against him if you showed any opposition against him he fucking raided you and most of the time they were warrantless raids. So he was, he was that type of dude. Like you talk shit about him, boom, he sent the squad to your house and fucked your shit up. He was that fucking crazy. And a lot of, a lot of them were warrantless, as I said. And when it came down to the courtroom, they got tossed out, but he didn't give a shit about that. All he wanted to do was send the message like, boom, warrantless raid. They get all the shit on you. Um, if they find something, they keep that as a, uh, as a reason to continue to keep fucking with you because they found shit on you, but it, it wasn't legal in court. Um, he was known to do crazy shit like that. Um, but that was like uh, a couple years into like power when he reached like the uh, his the, the captain of his unit is when he really lost his shit. Um, shortly after that, uh, in the late 60s, I think around 67, he went from captain of his unit and he really attained fucking power. He became the commissioner of police. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you got a dude who don't fuck around, 
who likes to fucking get in the fights, is all about action, doesn't give a fuck about rules, uh, procedures, or anything, and you give him fucking power like that, that dude's out of control. And you know what? He took full advantage of it, and surprisingly, he had a lot of support, a lot of support, uh, mainly the white community. They loved him. They loved him, and all his all his opposers and the and the victim of his rage and, and chaos, they were black or gay, black or gay, because he 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 didn't spare the gays neither. He went after them just as hard as they did he did the blacks. He didn't give a fuck. They were white gay, black gay, Latin gay, Russian gay. He didn't give a fuck. He went after you. He he did everything he did to the blacks. He did to the gay clubs, the gay bars, all that shit. He was out there whooping everybody's ass. But he left the Italians in South Philly alone, which um, I'll touch on a little bit also, because uh, for you, for you guys who aren't from Philly and don't know too much about Philly, South Philly was the home for the uh, the Philly mob. Um, now, he was the, uh, the, 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 the commissioner of the police. Um, the mob in Philly was around for a long time, you know, but I'll, I'll touch on that in a little bit. We're going to continue to talk about this fucking guy, Frank Rizzo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. So he uh, basically spent his entire police career uh, in the black district just causing havoc. And he uh, he reached that uh, that status. And there was an in- there was an incident um, that he was being too aggressive and it led to like a, a gunfight between activists. Uh, the report says that several cops, uh, were shot or wounded or one, one died, so on. But, um, he was going against the, uh, the activist group, I think black power or something like that. Uh, the guy who leaded that or was involved, who spoke out, his name was, um, Stokely Carmichael for, uh, for the black power movement. Um, I don't know if he part took in the shootout. But tension was rising uh, between Rizzo and the black community to the point to where the the black community uh, formed groups uh, like Black Power, Move, Black Panthers, and so on. Um, and they were openly saying the the Rizzo that they weren't scared that they were going to fight back. And you know, as you should, you got a fucking guy whooping you, whooping your people's asses every fucking day and raiding you for no reason. Uh, I can understand the feeling, but they declared open warfare on police Rizzo didn't like that he continued his rage he continued whooping their ass coming down uh, getting into gunfights with them uh, I believe in this 1966 incident I'm not too sure about the time it could be 66 or 67 um, the shootout happened and it said I read that several cops were shot at and are wounded but I think w- there was one fatal uh, fatal casualty uh, one, one officer was killed. Uh, I know that much. I couldn't find, uh, well, let me not lie. I didn't really, uh, put a lot of time finding out that detail, but that was like the beginning of the big stuff, like serious shit before it was just like the, the back and forth, like, Oh, fuck you Rizzo and, uh, black power and all that shit because he was arresting, arresting black people and gays and just, he was just power. He was a tyrant, um, from what I read. But other people saw him as doing a good job and cleaning up the city. Um, so this guy, this guy Stokely Carmichael, he either spoke, he represented them, or he was a leader, and so on. And he he was in that. 
and he fought many, many years against Rizzo and his cops. But that specific incident led to Rizzo leading a raid, and he cleaned them out. And he came out in the press and said that they, he ran them out of Philly, that they were done, boom, done and over with. So that didn't last too long. Stokely, uh, I think, picked up and, and left. Uh, I tried to find out what happened to him, but it didn't give too much detail. I would have to look back and specifically research him and find out his point of view or the events that involved him. But I know he was part of the movement um, against Rizzo. And part of the reason um, why so many groups and uh, activists and so on were starting to form is not just only uh, the the rage and so on. He was, Rizzo was also vocally uh, aggressive also. And he didn't give a fuck on what he said, like, uh, Plenty of times when he would conduct a raid, he would say, go get their black asses uh, and shit like that. Uh, he specifically quoted uh, one time that he against the activists that they need to be strung up like old times or something like that. Or as they should uh, within the confinements of the law, some shit like that. Uh, he was very uh, racial with his uh, words and. Um, that's part of the controversy is whenever he was getting hard and he was uh, cracking down, it was mainly towards the blacks and the things he would say were offensive. Um, even for that time, they were racially offensive at that. He, um, he didn't give a fuck. He, he also took part in some events himself, like hands on. He wasn't the type of guy to sit back at his desk and order shit. There was a, there was a, event that he was at a black tie affair they, they called it where he was dressed up in a suit with a tie and he had got word that there was uh, an issue going on in the neighborhood he got the fuck up and left the party or the event put a nightstick in between his cummerbund and went out there and got into it with his cops in the street took part of it um, that shows you like this dude was ruthless he didn't give a fuck like he was hands on which I can see somewhat how the police that are under him can admire that. And if you're not on the receiving end, how you could be like, holy shit, like that's a real leader. That's dude, that dude's down. Like he don't give a fuck. He's all in, he's hands down. Like he's in it himself. So it, like I said, your, your opinion, your view on the incidents, uh, basically comes down to how you see it, how you, um, uh, interpret it yourself. And it may come down to like a racial thing, depending what you are and where you grew up in the city or how you view things as a uh, as an uh, ethnic person of color or non-color. Um, like I say it. This is very controversial. Um, many people say, oh, he was just a prodigal of his time. He wasn't a racist. He was just hard on crime. He was a racist. He was a bigot. Um, there's it goes back and forth. But uh, as of right now, the the, the history that I've come to read and found it's not looking too good for this guy um as of right now i don't really have a solid opinion on him i i see a guy with power that fucking lost his mind and i, I kind of am leaning towards him being a racist at that time um but i'm gonna keep chucking out events and eventually 
I'll uh, inform you guys even more what he was about. But as of right now, we can all say the dude was fucking, the dude was out of fucking control. And he's showing a lot of fucking racism. <laughs> a lot. Um, he's even been compared to the the version of uh, the old time, the original Donald Trump. Crazy. Um, because the same behaviors that Donald Trump is exhibiting now as president is the same shit that Frank Rizzo was doing back in the forties, fifties and sixties. Um, as just a commissioner, uh, uh, in the police department, uh, there was even talks of him being a shoe in for a president later on down the road because he, he rose to power. Like this guy was moving up the fucking ladder. Um, he was on his way there, but I'll cover that once we get there. Cause there's still a lot more shit. This dude did. Um, so, there was a specific group called Move in Philadelphia, a uh, black crew um, against the, against the man, against the government, fighting for freedoms, uh, getting justice for their people, basically fighting back, not not taking it, laying down anymore. They were just sick and tired of having the dogs sicked on them, getting the hoses uh, on them, being washed down the street, uh, getting a knife stick upside the head and stuck up the ass, getting stomped out in the street for no reason at all. Um because the dude was crazy. And here's a here's a fact about Frank Rizzo. Frank Rizzo got 60 awards for citations that the highest the highest count of citations, something like that. He he received 60 awards for the most citations ever. Think about that. 60 for the most citations in Philadelphia when he was a cop. And he only patrolled West Philadelphia area, the black district. Thought I'd throw that little fact out there, which I, I saw that and I was like, whoa. <laughs> and that's 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 wild. And it got to the point to where they uh, they uh, as I was mentioning, they uh, the group called Move started fighting against started fighting back against them and shit got heavy shit got real like if if it the the raids and the street fights with the cops and the shootout wasn't enough he had moved now to deal with and they were serious they had some real fucking uh backing they were they were a tough fucking crew um they came and took over a fucking neighborhood uh fought the fucking police they didn't give a shit they were fighting back uh but he answered back with constant fucking raids warrantless raids at that his favorite thing to do and he just kept raiding the shit out of them so his whole purpose of the raids was to clear clear them out basically raid the fuck out of them and and legally rob them of everything go in there you take their cash you take their weaponries you take every their assets you take everything on every single raid you clear them out and since it won't hold up when it goes to trial or court they'll get tossed because it's all warrantless it doesn't matter because you already cut their fucking supply. Or you took their, you took you took their supply during the raid, so they had nothing to fight back now. So he did that. He wasted mad police hours, manpower, all crazy shit, and just kept hitting the same fucking houses, the same buildings, the same fucking people until he wore them down. Until he wore the fucking group down, and he took them and he took them down little by little, with the raids, and each event led to an altercation but the big biggest 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 raid was um 
one night where they held a raid and they cleared out a building and they took all the move members and they put them out in the street ass butt naked and had them photographed. So how the story goes was Frank Rizzo ordered a raid on this building. He knew the occupants were move members. Um, he sent down a big ass fucking squad to take them out. And he called and notified the press or photographers to be ready. So there were already photographers at the scene before the raid happened, I believe, from what I read. Or they came as the raid was happening. So when the police took, con uh, conducted their sweep and rounded up all the members, they stripped them down after beating the shit out of them, of course, stripped them down, had them line up against the wall in their underwear and had them photographed. And that picture was spread across the entire nation. Um, it hit the newspapers, it hit the broadcasting stations, it hit the news, uh, word from Philadelphia reached all across 50 states. It hit Washington, it hit New York, it hit everything. So his his agenda, his main goal was to not to lose any lives or put his cops in danger anymore. So the purpose was to publicly humiliate the move members and the whole entire organization. So he actually wanted to make it publicly known that he defeated them and he got the best of them because he was cocky like that. He was trying to send a message to them and it got through. He 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 got their attention even more than that he did before. Um, what that led to was more uh, more incidents, more fire hosing, uh, more warrantless raids again, more fighting in the streets, more riots, more police uh, riots and so on. Um, it was chaotic. And mind you, he was the only uh, guy who authorized shit. Nobody was talking to him saying, don't do this. Don't do that. I don't advise you do this. I don't advise you do that. Uh, he didn't. He was obviously not listening to anybody who was in a circle. If somebody fucking uh, said, don't do this, it's not a good idea. He probably fucking slapped the shit out of him and sent them to the fucking uh, to the pen. Uh, that's the vibe that I got reading all this stuff, because a person like that. I don't think they could be ever talked to. They just want to do what they want to do, um, whether it's good or bad. Um, now, it, when it comes down to his intentions, uh, when you look at it, he is going after um, crime. He is going after uh, terrorist groups. So they were labeled, uh, which I'm kind of iffy on because you can't really call them a terrorist group if you're beating the shit out of their people. They got to they got to fight back and defend themselves. But we're going to go with what they uh what. Uh, what they're labeled as, as right now, which I don't know. Fuck that. I'm just going to call them move, not terrorist. So he's um basically fucking with them, man. And it just got nasty. So for many, many years, uh, Philly was a fucking um, was a fucking riot, a dangerous place. Um, I asked my family members who grew up in that time period, my older ones, like in the 60s, uh, the 50s and 60s and even the 70s. Uh, a couple of my uncles are old enough. They told me the life, their life experience and what they went through. They told me all this shit was crazy, hectic, um, that it didn't just lead in like it wasn't just street shit. It also led into like public schools and neighborhoods. Um, neighborhoods would, would fight each other uh, based off of what the fuck this guy was doing. Schools uh, will break out into riots like the white kids will attack the black kids and anybody else who was colored. Uh, my mom. Uh, told me herself that one day she almost got attacked by a group of white boys while she was walking home from school. Um, if it wasn't for her being so fucking skinny at, at, at that age and being so small, 
they would have got her. her. Her story was that one day she was walking home from school and uh, uh, about a, a group of three or four uh, of uh, guys uh, whistled at her and said, hey, mommy, come here. And she was just a little girl. When she looked, at, she looked and saw how many it was, she threw her book, her book bag off her back and ran all the way to fuck home and got my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather was a big, big fucking stocky Puerto Rican um, from straight from the fucking island. Like he he was fucking brolic. He didn't give a fuck. This dude, he had so many fights underneath his belt. His fucking knuckles were already formed in a fist. He could barely open them from so many fucking people he punched um, fighting for his family. Uh, he was about six foot three, good two something, powerful. Uh, he went back to the school to get uh, my mom's backpack, and he was looking for him. And at that time, they were probably gone because you got to walk from home back to the school. That's about like a half an hour walk. Then any nobody's gonna be hanging around waiting for the dad to come. But he went, picked up her book bag, and walked her back home. And she said it was a scary, it was the scariest shit at that time. That a lot of riots and a lot of kids were being attacked and neighborhoods were breaking out into fights and shit. Houses were being burned, all types of stuff. It was crazy from what I hear and from what I'm reading back then. Um, but that is the chaos that Frank Rizzo created. Kind of like how Donald, I don't want to say in like Donald Trump created, but everything that's happening now in current times in 2020 from 2016 to 2020 um, the Charlottesville fucking, uh, I'm going to call it the massacre, the Charlottesville fucking, um, there fucking, what's that guy's called? Uh, that does the fucking car dumps, um, double junior, whatever the fuck, super, super, whatever the fuck, evil Knievel, evil Knievel with the fucking car. The guy that decided to think he was evil Knievel and get in the fucking car and drive through a fucking, <laughs> through a fucking wall of people and send bodies flying. And he, uh, wound up killing, what was it? One or two people. At the fucking protest or the rally because he was a, what did it come out as? He was a supremacist or something like that. White supremacist. Some shit like that. Like he, he could, he couldn't control his hate so much. He had to get in the car and run people the fuck over. How fucking crazy is that? And this is modern day shit. So shit like that is happening now. You could only imagine what was happening about fucking 50 years ago. Crazy shit. So the stuff that is happening so like now was uh, uh, under this guy's administration Trump's administration was happening even more back then in uh, um and all over America but in Philly shit like that was going on too not only um in southern places stuff like that was happening up north too and that type of behavior and those incidents are few are like sh- strictly fueled by specific words words and how things are said um i actually had to take time and think about like how did trump ignite certain incidents that happened and how him becoming president and his behavior and the way he talks and the way he does things and the way he approves and the way he just carries himself as a president kind of invokes and embellishes people to be assholes to other ethnicities other groups of people at first, I didn't want to, like, get into the whole, fuck Trump, he's a racist, he's a bigot type shit. Because at first, like, I kind of seen those pe- people as pussies. <laughs> like, like, grow the fuck up, stop being sensitive. Because I myself, I consider myself like a like a tough guy. I talk a lot of shit. Uh, like, I don't, I, I get, I have, like, a fucked up sense of humor. 
But as the years went went on and all the crazy shit that's happening now with the the police brutality, the shootings, people losing their lives at fucking traffic stops, people losing their shit and becoming evil Knievel, um, fucking hotel shootings, mass church massacres, bombings, all types of shit. Um, it's, it's just showing that if you show a specific type of character or a trait, um, a majority of people are just mind, mindless zombies and they'll take that tenfold and run with run with it and create their own fucking agenda um for example this uh one incident that frank rizzo got himself into um i actually had to read it a couple times and it's it's blatant fucking racism um no matter how you try to spin it whether all oh, you say oh it was it was, it was that that time and we uh, yeah people were like that it was normal no fuck that so this specific incident was directed towards um what were they college students or school students i don't know if they were high school students or college students basically he sent again a squad of fucking police to a bunch of students that were protesting at a school and the reason why they were protesting is because they wanted to um have black history or black something with black culture um added to the curriculum of the school so they can learn about their people which is understandable i get that so they were protesting the school because they didn't they didn't want to um, honor that request or they didn't want to teach uh, uh, about black people in the school. So what did Rizzo do? He sent the squad of fucking cops down there. And when he when uh, when he got there with the cops, he ordered he ordered the cops. And as I stated earlier, the quote was before the melee was get their black asses. And then it just broke out to a full out fucking brawl. It resulted in a bunch of college. Um, I want I want to say college, but it resulted into a bunch of students getting beaten real, real, real bad um, on the school grounds. And this was all over them protesting because they wanted black classes, black curriculum added to their um, to their school so they could learn something. Um, it was no, it, it was actually the administrative uh, building for the school. Um so what that led to was the beating and then it led to kind of a riot. But then a specific scenario happened to where there was um, two black girls that were uh, nearby hanging out a window and a cop looked at them and, and they saw them. They jumped out and the cop chased them uh, all the way down to get them. And the cop wound up catching up to him and he took out a light stick and beat the shit out of the two black girls. Um, and Rizzo, as always, uh, when asked by the press or the newspaper or anybody, he justified everything his, uh, his police department did, his police did in general. And he was quoted saying, my guys are always right. My guys are right when they're doing wrong. And my guys are right when they're trying to do right. So he basically he justified and allowed everything that the police did. And he basically kind of put it underneath the blanket of of everything is justified or necessary to apprehend the suspect at hand. And crazy shit was going down like that, where the cops were beating up kids, uh, beating up the black folk, beating up the gay people, as I was stating before, 
but I think that's the one incident that took it way over the edge. If it wasn't if it wasn't move and it wasn't Black Power and the Black Panthers and all that shit, this one really, really, really uh stuck a nerve with the black community when he went after uh students over classes, over what they want in their commu- uh curriculum. That shit is crazy. And the fact that uh his his officers actually were just chasing people down just to beat the shit out of them. Um Along with that, he proceeded to move on to his next target. Um, now we're moving forward to 1970. So check this. So remember, this shit all started back in the 1940s when he actually started. He was a cop for 25 fucking years. And then he moved up the ladder up to commissioner where he was just calling shots. So now we're in the 70s. We went through the 40s. I believe 1940 from 1943 when he first started. So through the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. Now we're in 1970. Now he's moved on to the next fucking group. His next fucking group is the Black Panthers, which I've been talking about, but I haven't really given too much detail on. He moved on to them. So basically anybody who made noise in Philly made noise and like he thought was funny or he didn't like it or showed the threats on him. He fucked them up. He went after him. He didn't even give him a chance. He wasted no time. So 1970, boom, hit the Black Panther offices, their party with raids. No reason. Warrantless raids, unprovoked, just boom, just raided them. (laughs) Like, you could honestly just say, hey, like, they got the the word black in front of their fucking club name or some shit in front of the group. Boom, hit them. (laughs) Basically, fucking crazy. So he hit the Black Panther offices, ended up with, um... The, all the Black Panthers being strip searched. And again, he had them fucking photographed, I believe, uh, just like uh, he did in 67. Uh, his approval rating uh, was at an 84%, suggesting that both blacks and whites were okay with him. After the show, after the showdown of like the school, the raids and uh, letters being sent to uh, uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer uh, back then, uh, approving his actions, showing, saying that he's cleaning up the street, he's a savior uh, of, of Philly, he's doing a great job, and so on. <laughs> 84%, yeah, 84% of the rest of the city, except fucking West Philly, where all the black people are, <laughs> you got a good you got a good percentage there missing, fucking 84%. And mind you, that's probably just a made-up statistic that his... um. His what do you call it? Public uh public relations person threw out there. Fucking asshole. But uh he was not liked. Um so he he just kept going after him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and here's another fact about this guy, uh I'll throw out there too. Uh just like our guy Donald Trump, Frank Rizzo went after the media too. If you said anything bad about him, a reporter or anybody uh went after him. He went after them, too. He didn't give a fuck. So there were incidents where uh, they would draw newspaper characters about him or write articles about him. He actually got the fucking nerve, the balls, to set a $6 million lawsuit against the newspaper. I think it was the Enquirer or the Tribune. I, I can't remember. I think it was probably the Tribune or maybe it was the Enquirer. Uh, whichever one, the, the, the person that did it was black. I think it was the Tribune. Uh, don't quote me. I, I might be wrong. It was a lot of information I had to take in. Uh, <laughs> and I'm doing this off from the top of my head. So they uh, 
wrote an article about him saying how he beats the shit out of people and you don't want to fuck with Rizzo, the cartoon, same thing. He got offended, he got all sensitive, and he sued the fuck out of him. And he did not win the lawsuit, so thank goodness, because that would have prohibited freedom of speech and all all types of shit, but he was that serious. And he he was all about time wasting and money wasting, uh, his his, um, adversaries. Uh, because uh, the other thing that he was also doing was um, basically public intimidation. Like you couldn't, you couldn't get near the guy. You couldn't uh, question him because he would send people to your house, or he would send the cops after you. He will bust up your operations. He would have squad cars sit out front of your business or your house or whatever. He was all about uh, intimidating people. It was crazy. Uh, a surprising fact about him also was when he uh, when he became the commissioner, there was about maybe a twenty percent of uh, black uh, males being uh, actual officers, and then when he came into being a commissioner, that number dwindled crazily. It went from being twenty percent to I believe seven percent being hired underneath his tenure. <laughs> So what what does that say? So when you joined the force and as you went on through the force and you became the sergeant and the cap the unit captain, um a majority of the officers were were about a majority, what am I talking majority? At least twenty percent of the police force was black. And as you stepped into the seat of commission commissioner uh, the number of blacks being hired as a police officer dwindled to the point to where you've only allowed 7% to be hired. So that means you were just hiring white guys nonstop, dwindling, washing out the numbers, getting the, getting the majority in there. Um, that, that was other shit that he was doing too. Uh, so he wasn't not only known for doing shit like that, uh, also in house, like in in internal, internal in the uh, the offices, he was also, um, what do you call? I don't want to. I hate using this word, misogynistic, or uh, inappropriate, or so on. He he only allowed women to take desk jobs, and they couldn't go any higher than junior junior assistant or something like that, and. Something happened. Something happened to where uh, one of the ladies uh, had an issue with him, and he, she was making a big scene. She wanted more rights and so on, uh, and he walked over to her and was and said to her, "Hey, darling, like, why are you getting involved in this?" And she was like, "What?" And he was like, "What's a nice, beautiful Italian girl getting getting her hands dirty?" And basically, he was trying to smooth her over to to, to have her drop all the bullshit. Cause she was bringing uh, a lot of attention to him uh, with the shit that he was doing in house in the police district, um, and what, how he was acting uh, in the community itself. So it was it was starting to catch up to him, is the best way I could say it. As the times were changing, uh, it was starting to catch up, and you gotta you gotta think now, like late sixties, early seventies, civil rights and all that stuff was going on. He lived through all that, and that stuff was happening. Um, Vietnam also was going on at that time. So you had a lot of protesters, a lot of hippies out there. 
and he he wasn't for any of that shit. Like he as soon as like he got word that a protest was going on, boom, squad of police beat the shit out of him. Like he was like that. He shut down everything. He shut down everything. I feel he was all about that. But then you have people that speak up for him and say, "Oh, he was a he was a hearty guy. He was uh, all about family. He had strong morals. He looked after all his police. He walked around and talked to the guys." Um, he saved a lot of marriages. There's a story, there's a story or there's this, um, there's this thing about him that if he caught any of his officers stepping out on his wife, messing around with whores or anything, he would talk to him and say, why you got to do that? You got a wife, you got a beautiful wife and kids at home. Why are you going to leave them and lose all that to deal with whores? It's not worth it. So supposedly, or he was, he was like that too. So he had a, he had a gentler side, but apparently he was only like that to the Italians or the white, the white police officers. There weren't too many uh, at the time black police officers on the force. But believe it or not, there's actually a few black cops out there that I don't know how they actually like him. Uh, I know <laughs> after reading all that, <laughs> uh, they must have been blind or not knowing what he was doing. But. He, like I said, he was loved by some, he was hated by some, and and since he was so uh, popular and he had a big voice and his presence was known, he actually managed to single-handedly secure a lot of votes to bump the, bump the police district's budget from what was at the time uh, $60 million for Philadelphia to $100 million. So he bumped the budget for the police department, the police district. Um, he was uh, rubbing elbows with the mayor of Philly, at the, and he was basically trying to get all the benefits and all the goods for the force police. Uh, since he was tough on crime, he also wanted to get into politics. But I'll touch in, into that, touch on that in a little bit. But his main thing was at the time he was just buttering up the current mayor. And he just was trying to get everything possible. He got more money for the district. He got bigger guns. He got bigger prisons. He got stiffer sentences on on uh, anybody who was prosecuted. He also uh, he also stated like if the prisons are crowded, we need more prisons. Just build them. And that was like his motto. And he actually. He actually like led the the mass ramp up of mass incarceration. Like he was like one of the people behind that shit. He was all about fucking locking people up, and the motherfucker went on TV bragging about that shit. So it might have been acceptable and like a good thing back then, but right, as right now, current day, it, it's it wouldn't that shit wouldn't fly, especially the community that he was doing that to. Psh, shit's fucking crazy. So uh, a fact. Uh, when he was and when he was an officer a sergeant and all that shit throughout those years before he became commissioner um, there was a fact that in the police district that he was in or the administrative building there were only six shotguns when he took over as commissioner now that he got the budget and he was smooching and buttering up the commi- um the commissioner the uh, the mayor he got the uh, budget moved up he went from six shotguns to a fucking arsenal and his statement was we're equipped to fight wars now we could invade cuba and win 
imagine how fucking confident you got to be to say that and how much shit you got that you know that you could fucking go into war and take over a small country. That says a lot. <laughs> we can bake Cuba and win. So you got to think about it. This is the time during the Cuban, Cuban Missile Crisis, the Cold War, I guess, during that time. Bay of Pigs and all that shit. JF, uh, who was the president at that time? Was it Kennedy? No, Nixon. Ni- is it? Was it Nixon? I don't know. I, I'm skipping ahead, but this guy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this fucking guy, Frank Rizzo, was fucking cool uh, with Richard Nixon. And if you don't know about Richard Nixon, I suggest you look up on him, too. So uh, what's that saying? Birds of a feather flock together. So, <laughs> yeah. So you already know where I'm going with that. <laughs> that this fucking guy was uh, was was cool and with cahoots with fucking Nixon. But I don't think uh, he was a uh, president at this time. I could be wrong. It, it might have been Kennedy. I don't know. Uh, not too uh, not too hip to that. We gotta remember this was all before my time. I and I did a mass fucking reading. But anyway, back on topic. After after that. He got all that shit, and he really started cracking down, and his his rage were more vicious. It got to the point to where his presence was just mere intimidation, and the people had had enough of him. The black people had enough of him. The gays had enough of him, and they were just openly protesting him and getting in the fights. And at this time, as technology started to advance and get more pronounced, and stuff was going on the news and. And the newspapers were getting out. And he was starting to build a reputation for it. Not such a good guy. And he had to dial that shit back little by little. Because uh, he was getting older. And he had to uh, make sure that uh, the mayor. James Tate. That was his fucking name. James Tate. He wanted to make sure that the mayor made the right choice. By giving him the position of commissioner of police. So the how he got that I never um, how I never really covered how he got that. So um, commissioner of police or the something about the law how uh, the issues were being handled with the activists and the groups were being handled by the Republican Party or something. The uh, James Tate the mayor took that away from the Republicans and uh, gave it to Rizzo. Gave Rizzo that um, that project or that uh, responsibility of dealing with them. And he did such a good job in dealing with those radicals that he made national headlines. He was being talked about on Washington, D.C. He was on Brock. He was on TV, on live broadcasting, not live. He was just on TV, newspapers and so on. He was the talk about how he handled the riots and all the activists and all that shit in Philadelphia while the L.A. riots were going rampant and going crazy on the other side of the country. So because he shut all that shit down and he prevented crazy riots like like the ones that were going on in Los Angeles and I believe in New York. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I got to look and see if New York was in on that on that time frame. Um, but he got recognition for stomping all that shit out. And it got to it got so uh, high up that the current president at that time, Richard Nixon, like I mentioned, uh, got word about him and liked how he handled business. And uh, sent down a word that he liked them. And then um, this was what leads into the next phase of Frank Rizzo's life. Um, Richard Nixon wanted to nominate uh, Frank Rizzo as a candidate for the Republican Party uh, for mayor. 
he wanted to go, he wanted to bat for uh, Rizzo to become the next mayor when uh, Tate uh, terms was up. So all this stuff led to Rizzo moving into the next uh, position, uh, leveraging his next move to uh, to come into the next fucking uh, power, <laughs> the next powerful fucking position where he could <laughs> dominate even more <laughs> from what I'm from what I'm reading. So this dude, with, he is living a wild life and he is causing wild things to happen. And at the time, man, it, 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 the way it's looking, you had your view and your opinion of him solely comes down to what color your skin was and where you lived in Philadelphia. Uh, from what I'm getting right now, as uh, as I continue talking about this guy and it. It amazes me how someone like that was able to stay in power because if you do that shit nowadays, someone would speak up and you'd be investigated. So he must have been paying people off like he had. He must have had internal affairs in his pocket. Um, He was already like already known. He had incidents where he was trying to sugarcoat and, and smooth things over with people to avoid issues. Um, like I said, he wasted no time like suing people and going after people with police either. So if you did want to speak up against him or you want to combat him and you wanted to out him, you had to worry about his fucking cops coming after you. And nobody wanted to deal with that, especially if you had like a business or something. He shut that shit down, put you out. Uh, but that is Frank Rizzo, the general, the Cisco kid. The crime fighter of Philadelphia. Um, this is the Rizzo area, from 1943 to 19, I believe, 70. Yeah, because then he stepped down from being a commissioner. He, uh, I guess he retired or stepped down, and then he sought a life into politics. And then, that is the end of Commissioner Rizzo. And the next part I'm going to cover is the beginning of Mayor Rizzo when he was nominated and elected for mayor of Philadelphia. (laughs) Until then, you bad motherfuckers. I hope you enjoy. See you next time.